Hi, I'm Emma, the founder of a training company called Choose to Grow, and I'm a leadership coach. And in 2016, we were recognised by Business News Wales for our flagship training programmes. Since then, our following has grown, and we've been asked to speak and contribute at multiple CIPD events, on the HR Wales Network Forum, and for the Engage for Success movement in the public sector. We also work in strong partnership with Moxie People Recruitment and publish for Inspired Business Media. In my last episode today, I'm going to be talking to you about offloading the belief baggage so you can continually adapt, optimise and sustain your performance whilst you're hybrid working. So meet Liz, she's a colleague of mine in a large scale organization. Liz is highly engaged. She's a member of the team. She's eager to do a great job, to support her colleagues and be proud of the work that she does. Like many of us, she's recently increased the number of hours she spends working at home, alone, just her, and her screen. Liz is currently presenting remotely to a number of her colleagues, some of whom are in the office, others like her are joining from home. She's nervous. This is an important presentation and she's been working hard to make sure that she represents herself well and lands her key messages. While presenting, she notices the colleagues in the office leaning in and speaking to each other, although she can't hear what they're saying. To her, they might as well be whispering, so she carries on. She notices those colleagues joining remotely seem pretty engaged, but aren't giving too much away. Liz finishes presenting and the team members ask a few reasonable questions, then smile and wave, the new normal for signing off on a video conference, before ending the call. Liz is left staring at her own reflection in a now black mirror-like screen. Sound familiar? This is the reality for many of us at the moment, going from potentially high levels of nervous engagement to being immediately alone. What's the problem with this, you might ask? Surely Liz can now relax, go and grab a cuppa and take a moment to relish in a triumph. Well, maybe. But how often is that the reality? Liz is likely to begin to reflect on what she's just presented, and this rejection is a lonely one. When working in co-location with her colleagues, Liz might walk out of the presentation with others, chatting informally about what they've just heard. Or they might make small talk about the weather, or just that they're going to be late for the next meeting. Either way, this allows Liz to understand any rejection of a presentation in an informal way and it helps to incorporate social observations or social persuasion. In addition, it allows her previously nervous, even stressed physical state to benefit from the common effects of interacting with trusted others. Regardless of the post-meeting conversation, 
It's providing Liz with the snippets of conscious and subconscious feedback about how her presentation just landed. Well, alas, no. Liz is alone. No small talk. No opportunity for interpretation. All she has is the self-talk that begins. Which means that things start to go downhill. Because like many of us, Liz has a few pesky self-limiting beliefs that love to be reinforced whenever they get the opportunity. What's a self-limiting belief, you ask? It's a belief that is held about oneself, usually built up over time, possibly baggage or a hang-up from childhood, which holds us back from reaching our full potential, feeding into our larger sense of capability or self-worth. Here are a few you might recognise. I'm too young to be taken seriously. I'm not smart enough to do this job. I can never make my point clear enough. I'm too old to understand the new ideas. Self-limiting beliefs are a problem precisely because they're limiting. They aren't a driver to better yourself. They are a reason to never attempt to do something you could do well. We're not designed to beat mediocrity. While supporting others to develop, I'm in the lucky position that I can help people when I witness them becoming more aware of their self-limiting beliefs as we talk. And then I support them to begin to overcome them. More recently, this has left me concerned that the influence of self-limiting beliefs seems to be getting even stronger than usual in isolated working environments. And I'm reminded of just how important social interaction is in helping to shape our view of ourselves and our working lives. It's easy to recognise the impact of self-limiting beliefs at an individual level, often touched on and worked through during coaching interventions. However, we often fail to consider the serious business impact if the organisational environment allows self-limiting beliefs to go unchecked. Hybrid environments have the potential to do just this. Let's say that within your business, which has just started to incorporate a greater level of hybrid working, Liz's experience becomes the norm. There are inevitably fewer naturally occurring opportunities for feedback, or informal social engagement that helps to feed our perception of our performance and how we're contributing. Consequently, there is a potential for self-limiting beliefs and the resulting reduced ability of of your employees to flourish if not managed, meaning you may have a higher percentage of your team less inclined to make the best use of their capabilities, a workforce less likely to air their views, feel confident enough to try new things, and essentially not live up to the highly valuable potential that you employed them for in the first place. So what can we do about this in the hybrid environment? There are two things to consider. What an individual can do for themselves and what leaders can do for everyone. And here's the biggie. How you as leaders can enable healthy self-beliefs in your hybrid working environments. First of all, you need to self-affirm safety. You do this by enabling a psychologically safe environment. 
During this episode, we've looked at self-limiting beliefs and considered them as the enemy, something to be feared and avoided. But just like all enemies, there is a reason they attack. And for leaders to help their colleagues, it is useful to understand why. For self-limiting beliefs, the reason is to protect ourselves from, for example, embarrassment, disappointment or failure. If we remove this risk, self-limiting beliefs can be much more easily managed and reframed. Therefore, creating a psychologically safe environment is critical for minimising such beliefs within your teams. Remember that self-limiting beliefs are baggage, often following people from job to job and triggered even before someone joins the business. Consider the internal and external view of the business. Does it suggest a safe place to be yourself? An environment that enables learning. Is there evidence that a wide variety of people can be successful here? My next top tactic here is to make social soup. As leaders, you need to increase opportunities for feedback or observation and mix them up into a more natural blend of formal and informal social cues. Feedback processes in a hybrid environment might need a facelift. Working with a screen rather than a physical team leaves the likes of Liz open to misreading social cues, leading her to become desperate, whether she realises it or not, for opportunities to pick up subconscious signals from her peers. Reflect on your current working practices as you move into a hybrid working pattern. How is informal feedback enabled? Do your leaders and wider team members understand the psychological factors of isolated working? And are they emotionally intelligent enough to manage the impact on others? As individuals, how can we begin to recognise and challenge our self-limiting beliefs when working alone? Well, to start with, we can recognise our belief baggage when it's there and what we're holding on to. To do this well, we need to consider what we tell ourselves about ourselves, about our performance and about our capability. Is it really fair what we're telling ourselves? Then we need to cut through the self-negative talk and use humour, if we can, to disrupt our thinking. We call this reframing, and here we're reframing the self-limiting belief with something funny. And it's really powerful if we can have this written somewhere that we can make reference to. So get those post-its out and get that negative self-limiting talk out and reframe it with something funny and pop it somewhere where you can see it daily. This will help you keep the negativity spiral at bay. We can also socialise more on screen and make it work for us. It's a small point, but an easy fix. Consider your screen as a source of valuable social feedback. Keep the critique at bay by seeking feedback proactively when you're online regularly. And finally, consider coaching. Buddy up with a colleague or seek a professional coach, but an objective view hears self-limiting beliefs easily. And my final tactic for leaders 
to enhance self-beliefs in hybrid environments is to develop cognitive control in your teams, develop their thinking as well as their behaviour. When exploring opportunities for development across your organisation, review whether your materials consider the impact of the thinking patterns that might be created in a hybrid environment. Are you enabling people to be self-aware from a thinking perspective as well as a behavioural perspective? With greater exposure to being alone with our thoughts, understanding them and making them work for us is more critical than ever. Consider training programmes that look at cognitive development as well as behavioural. The example of Liz is a cautionary anecdote of what might happen for many of us or our teams as we begin to increase hybrid working. However, with the right self-support and leadership influences in place, we can make the most of the hybrid opportunity. Consider the Liz's that you are going to have in your teams with hybrid working. Do you understand what happens psychologically when the screens go black? And are you ready to support them? The purpose and mission of recording this podcast was to bend the thinking on traditional leadership methods because they are not fit for purpose in the hybrid world. And my big game was to work in partnership with you to create a movement of pivot leaders who can flip the script on poor mental health in the workplace so everyone can experience brain-friendly working environments wherever they may work, as it's our talented and diverse workforce that are key to sustainable economic growth in our hybrid future. So we can deliver on this mission together, I would like to invite you to meet me in person at my next MicroTeach. You can book your place on our events page at www.choosetogrow.co.uk. Thanks for listening. My name is Emma Carroll and we develop leaders to build high-performing teams in hybrid organisations. Start your journey with us today to become a pivot leader. Your team's brains will thank you for it. Thank you.